Hello and welcome to the Copcast from Cop Left. Uh, tonight on this uh, dark and cold, dreary Saturday evening, we're going to talk about a uh, ray of sunshine that is uh, three points at home against West Brom. A bit of a troublesome uh, time we normally have against uh, Tony Pulis' team. Tonight, surely the mood's going to be pretty good, I hope. Uh, joining me, we've got uh, Carly, Nathan and Yumara. Um, say hi, Carly. Hi, hi guys. How are you all? Them pretty good, thank you. We've got uh, Nathan. Hello. And uh, Yumara. Amara. Amara. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Right. Yeah. That's okay, Sorry, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, well, um, surely the mood is pretty happy. I mean, we've got three points, right? Um, uh, let, let's go to, um, well, well, we'll go to Nathan. What, what do you think about the, the game this evening? I thought we were exceptionally good for about 70 minutes of the game. I thought we were pretty sloppy the last 20 minutes, but I I think you've got to take that first half performance and, and just marvel at actually how good we were and, and just how dominant we were. Yeah, it was it was a great performance against the team, like you said, that we struggle quite a lot against in the past and against uh, a system that we keep asking, can we break that sort of team down? So, yeah, overall, can't complain. Three points, joint top of the league. Yeah, most certainly. Um, it would be nice to, to get the uh, two-goal advantage, I must say, and... Um... Yeah, actually, go top on goal difference, but will not will not be uh, too disheartened. Carly, what, what do you think about uh, the performance, especially of uh, the likes of uh, Firmino uh, today? Very busy as always up top. Yeah, I think it was a great performance today from quite a lot of our players. Um, I don't think there was sort of anybody who you could say had a bad game. We knuckled down and did the work when it needed to be done. Um, think sort of compared to the game on Monday and today it was night and day the chances we created today was phenomenal I think it was 21 shots we had today Coutinho and Firmino are just uh, impressing so much lately I think both they've both really come on from last season I mean there was times sort of when Coutinho was hit and miss he was playing really well for four or five games and then going missing but Firmino and Coutinho just seem to have totally linked up this season everything they do is turning to gold so it's really exciting to watch them play, and I think sometimes maybe Coutinho gets a bit more of the accolades compared to what Firmino does. I think a lot of Firmino's work sort of goes unnoticed, the spaces he creates um, and his movement, whereas Coutinho sort of seems to pop up a lot more with a few goals, so that's maybe why he gets a bit more recognition. Um, I think Firmino missed the sitter today, as well as um, Ray Cham, which might have sort of eased everybody's nerves, sort of going into the last 20 minutes, because I think the last 20, everybody was sort of thinking back to what had happened last season against West Brom, where it ended a draw. Um, I know in that instance, it was us coming back to secure a point, but I think everybody was slightly nervous. Everybody does still have this apprehension about us, but... Um, today's performance was outstanding for me um, so I think it was three points thoroughly deserved I mean there was a lot of positives to take from the game like Nathan mentioned earlier you know three points against the Pula side is not something that we do very often so that's really something to to be happy about and also the fact that um, Emre Chan and Lalana came back into the side after quite a long spell is out. Um, they both got game time against United, but you could really see the difference in Emre Chan today. Um, and Lalana got a few more minutes under his belt. So, I mean, there's a lot of positives to take from today's game. So, right now, we should all be on cloud nine. Okay, Carly. Well, you were saying that uh, Coutinho gets uh, an awful lot of the accolades. He got man of the match today. Uh, d- did you think this was uh, deservedly so? I mean, to be honest, I. I would have put it down as probably Manny. He got a goal, got an assist, um, but seems to be a continue better. No, I definitely would have said continue today. I think um, Monday night and tonight he was a standout player for us. Um, I know I did say that he gets a lot of the accolades because of the goals and things that he, he provides us, but some of his movement tonight. Um, and also I sort of noticed as well on Monday night and today, I don't know if it's a recent thing or I've just sort of noticed it, but he seems to be a lot more physical in the games. He's going into a lot more tackles and standing up to the players, which sort of, when he first joined us, he sort of would have been slightly weaker at that. So that's another side of this game that I've noticed lately that's starting to please me. But no, for me for me today, he was the standout player for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, great game for Coutinho. I mean, if we look at the stats, we've got 86% uh, pass completion. We've got six shots, three take-ons, three chances created, two crosses, one goal. I mean... Pretty good game for him, really. Amara, do you think do you think he's finding a bit of consistency these days? Is something that he maybe lacked uh, early days at Liverpool? 
You could say so. I mean, we've got quite a small sample of games. It feels like the season's been going on forever, but we've only nine games in and we've had a couple of breaks in between. So, yeah, it does seem like he's picking up a little bit. I think that front three has worked really well together and that helps with how the players are you know, performing as well. If they've got players around them that they've got a good understanding with, then obviously everything's going to kind of work, tick along really nicely. But yeah, I think definitely he's finding something. You know, he's adding goals to his game as well, which is great. I know he didn't score. Yeah, he did score today, didn't he? I don't know where my head's at. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's adding goals to his game as well, which is really important for him. Um, he got, I think, 12 last season. So, I mean, he's he's got five so far. And I think, like I said, we're only nine games in, so it's brilliant for him. The thing, I mean, you guys are talking about man of the match. For me, I, sometimes I find it hard to think who man, our man of the match is, which is an, a brilliant thing because that means everyone's playing well. Uh, you, you could you could have picked anyone. Like you mentioned, Mane. Firmino was another one that people were um, singing the praises of. Coutinho, we know, has got man of the match already. And there's a lot of work in midfield as well that goes kind of a little bit unnoticed. And, you know, your centre-back, Matip, was excellent today. You know, the goal conceded was, uh, you know, was a shame. But, you know, that that's just something that Liverpool do, isn't it? It's not really um, a surprise anymore. But you, you could you could pick any any one of four or five or six players um, when Liverpool play really well nowadays. So, yeah, I think um, Coutinho is is finding some consistency. They, you know, passing the ball really well to each other. The, like I said, the front three, Coutinho, Firmino, Firmino and Mane, just, it really just works. And it was back to normal, the attack after sort of being ineffective against United. I know that Sturridge was up front there and, and there was a lot of talk about Sturridge, you know, the role that he plays and that, that we're a lot better, better without him. But um, yeah, we, we're just dominant in today's game. Should have had a couple more goals, I think, to be honest. Should have had that game out of sight at about 60, 70 minutes. But, um, you know, it's not Liverpool if we don't have a, a, a lot of squeaky bum time last 10 minutes, is it really? So a couple of great saves from their goalkeeper. Otherwise, we would have probably beat one quite comfortably. But, um, yeah, conceded a poor goal in the end. And um, just wonder if Carrier should have come for that. I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in on that one later. Um, it was just on the edge of the six-yard box. So um, that is a, a talking point, maybe. Um, it's becoming, becoming a bit of a joke now, these set pieces. I mean, don't want to dwell on it too much because we did win today and we did get the three points, which is ultimately the goal. But, um, you know, just know that in some games, this that's going to bite you in the arse and, you know, ruin some games for you. But, you know, as, if we can kind of keep scoring goals as we're scoring, you know, if we concede one here or there, it's fine. But, um, you know, we did see it out in the end with Lucas on the pitch as well. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I think, did, and if anybody's seen the, the comments from Klopp maybe after the game, I don't think there's too many things that we could say to criticise after the performance today, but maybe sort of the conceding a goal and it being from a set piece is one of them. But he actually came out and made a comment after the game and said that it didn't matter that we didn't keep a clean sheet as long as you get the three points. So, I mean, he's coming out and he's clearly not worried. So it does really seem to be that if you want to try and score one against us, we'll score two or three against you. So... I think that's probably really going to be the way things are going to be for us for the rest of the season and possibly for the rest of the time that Klopp is with us. And yes, it does make it more entertaining, but it probably makes it more entertaining for the neutrals watching us because I know it sure as hell is not entertaining sitting at 70 minutes watching West Brom score from a corner and then you could see the panic in us because we were bombing forward, but it just seemed to be that after they scored, no matter how many chances we got, I didn't think we were going to score again. Whereas before they scored, I thought we were going to win the win the game sort of four or five nil. I think Klopp's got this really um, this kind of way of calming everyone with his press uh, in his interviews in the press afterwards. I mean, you just have to listen to him for a few minutes, and then you're right. All the kind of little negativities that you might have had about the lack of the clean sheet or any or the set piece or anything like that, it just goes away. Just have to listen to him and the way that he kind of puts it into perspective. And, and the things that he says, like today, he said it was the best performance of the crowd outside of a European night, which, um, you know, that the best atmosphere that he's seen at Anfield. I think he's excluding the Dortmund and the, maybe the Villarreal matches, you know, and he he just says the right things. Like you said, makes the last 10 minutes exciting. I mean, we'd rather be four or five nil up, obviously, but it's just the way that he words things and puts puts things into perspective and, you know, makes it that at the end of the day, what you want is three points. A clean sheet is good. But you want the three points. That's your main priority. And um, yeah, he's, he's just not, he doesn't seem fussed by anything anyway. The way that he he comes across, not overtly anyway, inside we don't know what he's thinking and what he does behind closed doors. But um, he does, he seems to take it all in his stride. And 
whatever you know it kind of the match throws at him he he knows a way of of turning it into a positive which i think maybe then rubs off on the players as well which is brilliant i think i can only think that deep down inside he is quite bothered about this uh, set piece and and defensive issue i think he, he does very well as you said in the interviews at playing it down and i think he's trying to keep the rest of us calm the rest of rest of the people that are going to very quickly point out that well we've conceded again it was tighter at the end than it probably should have been. But I've I, I seen the stat actually only after the game, um, which is probably a good thing because I didn't think it would be possible to get more nervous about set pieces that we're conceding. Uh, but if I had read that West Brom had scored more set pieces than anyone else this season in six, I think I would have been even more nervous. But Nathan, what do, what do you think the problem is? Do you think it's individual um, or do you think that we're, we're not setting ourselves upright in training or... Why, why do you think the set piece problem continues to to be such an issue? Uh, a lot of it, I think, is is probably a mental issue with some of the players now. I also think it, it is a communication issue between the players. It, it's a, again a new season, a brand new defence, pretty much that that we're dealing with. Obviously, Klein and, and Lovren were big parts of the defence last year, but Milner, whilst being in the team, wasn't. Carius is a new keeper, new to the league is getting a ridiculous amount of stick and and pressure from the fans. Um, they, they seem to forget what we've had to deal with with Mignolet. I, I just think a lot of it now is a mental issue, that, that the players just fear the crosses. We don't, in my mind, I don't think we close them down enough um, when the ball is coming in. The fullbacks don't do it. We saw Emre do it a few times in the first half, and, and it, it worked really well. But it seems to be an instruction that they have, that the fullbacks are told not to go and close these crosses down. We saw it quite a lot sort of earlier in the season and late last season with Moreno as well. He would more try and either get them to cut in um, or take them out with two feet. Um, yeah, I, I think 90% of it now is just the players mentally are weak when it comes to defending these set pieces and these crosses. It's got a bother clock because it's the main way that we're conceding goals now. You mentioned uh, about having a, a new defence, and we've obviously got uh, a man that you're not entirely fond on uh, at left back. That's uh, James Milner. Uh, I, I, th- I think you're being a little bit harsh. Uh, we'll obviously go to your opinion in a second, but I, th- I think he's done a fairly solid job. I mean, I wouldn't want Moreno there to be honest, and I think without dazzling uh, and without possibly, you know, signing for anyone bigger than than us across Europe. Yeah, I don't think he's been that good, but I think he's been. St- Solid enough. He's been a bit of a rock. I, th- I think if we had assigned him in the summer from abroad, um, you know, from Spain or somewhere, and he was putting in the solid performance, I think we'd all be fairly happy with him. Um, what's your what's your gripe with him, Nathan? My gripe is it's oh god, two two or three different various areas here. I wanted Moreno to start. Today. I thought it was would have been a good game for him um, with his pace and just his actual directness. We saw how far up the pitch Milner was getting. Milner is, he's a solid player. He does a job and, and he's very good at the, the industrious side of things. What I don't like is we're clearly targeted on our left-hand side. Now, it, it was slightly different in today's game. It's the first time I've seen it this season where West Brom seemed more intent to attack down Klein's side, which is something I've not seen. But if you look at all the other games, they... We seem to be attacked so much down our left, left-hand side, and it is a trend that I'm seeing in, in the games now. Milner's, while he can run a lot, he's not the quickest. And when we come up against quick wide men on that side, we're, we're going to get issues. I'm going to wind Amara up here, but Lovren still doesn't fill me with confidence playing next to him either. It, it's a systemic issue. I, I wanted us to sign a left-back in the summer. I wanted us to go to AC Milan and get uh, Di Scaligio, just because he can cover both left-back and full-back, which would have given us different options there. We have no alternative backups there, <laughs> bar those two really, that I think could come in and, and, and do a solid job. So it, it's not an issue with necessarily Milner's performances. It's he's it's just a standard player. He doesn't do really anything that, that makes me go, this is a really good player and this is a good long-term solution. So uh, we could have gone out and got a left back in, in the summer. Yeah, but it's, it's not a long-term solution though, is it? We know that Klopp said that he just couldn't find the right player. And it's, it's obviously clearly something that he's just had to having to sort of um, make do with for now. I'm sure it's not a long term solution, but I think he's done a really good job. He's, 
okay, he's not the quickest and Moreno is really quick. Um, it'd be interesting to see Moreno come back now, though, because I think our midfield is better. Whereas before, when Moreno was playing, he wasn't getting adequate cover. Well, and, and um, this was the thing. When, right? he, when he was running out of position, you didn't have anyone filling in. Whereas now we've noticed that uh, Wijnaldum's do, filling in um, in that role. When Milner does push up, there's someone does normally go back and, and cover that position. So that would be interesting to see what happens mm. when Moreno does come back and if he gets slated as much as he did when he used to run out of position before. Because that was the main issue. He'd be out of position and then there'd be gaping holes at the back well, left that, that, for the centre-back to take. We had last year was... It, it was Coutinho playing left wing a lot of it, and he he doesn't get back and cover. And like you said, we don't we didn't have the midfielders to drop in. We saw we again we saw it today that if Milner did go forward, Chan dropped into the left back role, uh, and we've seen it with Wijnaldum as well this season. Um, it's a much more functional unit now. And if Moreno did go out of position, then like you just said, there's someone that goes in that role. And I just think for that that he. Alberto offers a, a hell of a lot more than what Milner does, um, and that that's not a a negative. You're talking what... attacking wise, though. I'm I'm talking overall because mm. Moreno's got the pace to get back. If if Milner goes twenty thirty yards up the pitch, he he hasn't got that pace to get back. Moreno might not have the mental capacity to realise how quick he's got to get back, but that's a different matter altogether. Um, so so why isn't Klopp picking him then? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> that, that seems to be the answer to your problem. Yeah. So. But there's obviously he is doing what Klopp wants him to do. I, I'm just intrigued to see, like you just said, if and hopefully when Moreno comes back, what what is different? Is Klopp taking him out of the spotlight and working with him to improve the defensive side of the game? And I, I have a feeling maybe we'll see that against Spurs um, in the cup and Moreno will get some time there. Or, or is it genuinely he, Klopp just doesn't have a high opinion of Moreno and we'll see him moved on in the summer or, or even in January? I, I genuinely don't know. All I know is, is Milner and Moreno as left-back options is a hell of a lot better than what we had at the start of last season and a hell of a lot better than people thinking that it should have been Flanagan playing in that left-back role who can't even get in the squad at Burnley. So... I, I'm intrigued. It's not like I said. It's not a personal thing I have with Milner. I am just one. I'm a massive Moreno fan, and so it's bias, isn't it? Really, then just it, toward Moreno. <laughs> no, it's not bias. At could me. have been anyone. It's, it could have been anyone at left back then. No, not and at it all. Would have bothered um, you because I think the traits and what Moreno can bring to a team is is different to what Milner does. So it's it's not bias. It's looking at what I think they bring to the teams and, and seeing actually where that's beneficial it all I think depends on what and how much we can improve Moreno defensively if he if he can improve that even by 10% in my mind he should be first choice left back without a, without a question over Milner but at the minute his defensive game isn't strong enough do you think maybe um against Spurs that Moreno will get to start because obviously Henderson got booked tonight He's not going to miss the Spurs game, so that probably will mean Milner gets pushed into midfield and Moreno might start. So this could be the opportunity to sort of see what you guys have just been saying, to see if someone does cover for him when he moves forward, because that wasn't happening enough last season. So that that could be pretty interesting. But, I mean, I wasn't particularly happy about it because I am a fan of Moreno myself. Um, I kind of questioned as well, sort of, Milner's speed compared to Moreno's in getting back because it was clear the clock was going to use these guys to get forward. But I mean, I really don't think Milner has done anything wrong as such. As as though I'm a Moreno fan, I could probably tell you quite a few mistakes that he's made that may have led to goals, whereas I really don't think that's the case for Milner just yet. And I think even last season in midfield, I think uh, Milner didn't get the praise he deserved from our fans. I think a lot of the work he does goes unnoticed. And I think it's basically happening again this year. Like you said, I, I, he's obviously not a long-term solution to the left-back problem. But hopefully, maybe sort of against Spurs, we'll be able to see Moreno um, because of this Henderson problem. And it might shed a bit more light on what could happen or what the future of the left-back position could be. Yeah, obviously, Henderson picked up a yellow card in his book or got booked and is banned for the next game. But as is the Cup, maybe not the worst thing in the world. Moreno, Carly, you say that you're a big Moreno fan. Well, what what exactly do you like about him? Pretty much the same as Nathan, to be honest. I mean, I like the fact that he gets forward. Um, I like his speed. I actually like the fact he's a bit of a nutcase, mm. which probably is what most people think 
is a weird thing to say for a defender because you most want your defenders to be sort of calm and rational. But I kind of like the fact that if he needs to make that tackle, he's going to make that tackle. More often than not, it seems to have worked out for him. Um, but I mean, it's it's clear to see that all those qualities are going forward. Um, so, you know, it's just really to see whether that Klopp can bring him on a bit more defensively and also to ensure that the midfielders know that when Moreno goes forward, there has to be cover there because there was a lot of times when that wasn't happening. So once to sort of go back to your point about the the midfield and and the Spurs game and and maybe Milner moving forward, I don't see Milner featuring much in the cup game. I can see it being Emre, Wanyadam, and and either Lalana or Gruwich getting some minutes. I personally, and weird that I'm even saying this, I, I would like to see Lalana probably rested for the Spurs game just as he's coming back from injury. I think Emre needs the minutes we saw how much sharper he was in today's game compared to the United game, which he was poor to start with, but grew into, I thought, really well. And I'm really intrigued to see how sort of a Chan and Genie part of the midfield free works, because I think they are the two best central midfielders we have at the club at the minute. Now that you've said that, um, I, 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 would agree, I would agree. Um, And another point is I would also, at the start of the season, I wanted to see Chan and Grouch together, but... Klopp even said it himself sort of today before the game the team's that strong that Grage can't even get into the squad today I think and he also made the point about Ings as well so I mean I think a lot of us were frightened at the start of the season seeing the amount of players that were leaving and being concerned that we didn't have enough cover Um, and now when you see the talent that we have that we want to get to see and we can't uh, it'll be interesting to see whether Klopp does give him a chance because I mean I know it is a cup game and some people don't um, necessarily to think the cup should be taken as seriously, whereas I do, especially considering it's Spurs. Um, if it was sort of a lesser opposition, then maybe give the boys a chance. But for me, um, I think it should be more or less a full-strength squad that's going out against Spurs. Well, and Klopp said he wants to win the cup, that cup anyway, didn't he? He came out, I think, in the first press conference for that cup this year and said he wants to win it. So it's going to be a strong team. I just think we might see a, a, a couple changes obviously Henderson is going to be one I'd love to see Klein rested but I, I can't see it happening just who's going to play we, in his place that's the thing we have no one we, we that's that's an issue no Milner cover at <laughs> you, you could Milner possibly right. put Trent Alexander-Arnold there but he he is playing really well for the under 23s at the minute but it's that's a big ask to come in after just playing under 23 football this year I don't think he's going to do that you know, last I, season we I, saw I, him put the kids in. Yeah, especially for this Spurs big Spurs game, I think we'll pretty much see a full strength squad. Maybe one or two changes. Yeah, maybe I, I Sturridge, we'll see Sturridge or a Rigi yeah. start um, yeah. over Firmino. But I think you'll see Coutinho, Mane both play. It's a shame Ojo's still injured because I think he would have played in that game, and I think we would have seen him on the bench and probably coming on in a game like today, just for his pace and his directness. But there's just so many options now that we have, which is great. When you think actually people were moaning about this this summer's window, but the actual strength in depth that we have is is quite scary in some of the positions. And that's all been from training and development, really. I mean, I know mm. he's bought he bought Wijnaldum, and I remember in the beginning of the season we were thinking Chan is the entire midfield, and when he's not there, what the hell are we going to do? And then we had a, a, a he couldn't get back in the team. And then he's only come back in when Lalana was injured and then Wijnaldum was injured. So it's interesting to see how he's he's kind of turned it all around, really. Amara, what do you, what do you think then when we, like, of, uh, well, Chan's performance today and uh, and with a fully fit team, who, who do you see starting uh, in midfield? I mean, personally, I think Henderson's had a pretty good season after a pretty rough one last year. Well, I mean, who do you see starting? Well, I think you've seen his preference was Wijnaldum, Henderson and, and, and Lalana, wasn't it? Main guys at the moment. So that's the thing. We were thinking, how's Chan going to get back in? And then he did come back when there was an injury. So it's interesting to see what happens when they're all available again and what, what Klopp does. I don't think Chan does get back in with those three. If those three are fit, I don't think that he does get back in, which is interesting because no, like does. I mentioned. But yeah, but where? Where are you going to put him? Because that's so, how he was playing, wasn't he? If you that's go off he... everything now, it's Henderson, Wanyama and Lalana as the midfield three. Chan can do exactly what Henderson's doing now. That that it doesn't concern me. You don't want to put Wanyama any deeper than where he's playing now. In an ideal world, if you had a fully informed storage, you would have Coutinho, Chan and, and probably Wanyama as the three and then Firmino, Mane and Sturridge. But so you'd leave Henderson see... out? Yeah. 
it's it's not even a close one for me, especially with how Lalana's playing at the minute. Yeah, Lalana definitely stays in. No, I was just thinking of Henderson because he's he's been pr- impressive lately. Yeah, no, he he he's been impressive, but Chan is a better player. Well, I'm and not going to argue with with Chan being a, a good player, but <laughs> Chan just needs a couple of games to get up and running. I think he's just yeah. only been back two games, and uh, it's, it's United. It was difficult for everyone. I don't think really we need to read too much into that game. So, I mean, and that was his first game back, and and it was a huge game to come back in. And um, I, I thought tonight he, was he did one much of better. Players on the pitch in mm. the second half, and then today he was probably one of our three or four best players. Mm. He sh- he should yeah. have scored. Oh, that yeah. was the only thing that let him down today. He could have easily had two goals. He could have. And he, he deserved Foster was it. excellent for them, even though, yeah. he, you know, we did score two. But yeah, he, he kept them, the mm. West Brom, kind of in touch right right till the end. Yeah, we, we, we should have scored six goals today. Firmino should have got a couple. There was some really good bits of defending. The Lovren header. Couple. Don't forget Lovren's, Lovren's header. Lovren's header. That, that was a top-class save. Um, <laughs> took that to get, beat him. Uh, well, why do all these world goalkeepers <laughs> turn into worldies against us? It's just typical. Foster, I mean, to be fair, Foster has had a very good season. It's not he like has, he has yes. just turned up. Like his performance against Spurs was even better than what he done today. I, so, think, I think Foster's a good goalkeeper. To be fair, very good. Yeah, he is. It, it probably helps that you know, he's had you know Pulis there, which sets them up very strong defensively. But I, think, I rate the guy. I think he's pretty decent. Um, mm. On that note, I say. Um, Carly, what do you think of Carius? Um, seemed to uh, come and then not come, and you know, is is it his fault? This whole thing. Um, a lot of people very early doors saying get him out, which I think is a bit harsh to be honest. But what do you think of Carius at the moment? I'm pretty much on the fence. Part of me wants him dropped for the Spurs game, and the other part of me is saying no, he needs a bit more time. I mean, I'm not stupid enough to think that he's going to come in and be amazing within a few games. That's never going to happen these players are human beings and I think a lot of people sometimes forget that that they are people they need uh, time to settle into the surroundings to get to know the players they're playing with so that does take time but at the minute for me there's no difference between Carius and Mignolet or very little if any today the, the goal we conceded I don't know what he was doing when he came out to try and I think I don't know if he was trying to block the shot or it looked like he was actually trying to jump to scare the player it, I rewound it back and watched it a few times and I honestly don't know what he was trying to do. Um, he also seemed to flap at a few things. Um, I think we conceded a corner for for um, one of his mistakes. Macaulay had headed the ball and Carries, I think he thought it was going out and then fumbled down to try and catch it and actually hit the ball out himself. So I think he is still nervous. Um, I also think that a problem that we had with Mignolet in commanding his box and being vocal I also don't really see that from Carius, so I am a bit sort of worried that we assigned another keeper as backup to a keeper or as competition, and right now the only difference seems to be in his distribution. So I'm at the minute I'm a bit on the fence. I'm not going to write him off. That would just be absolutely ridiculous. But if um, Minulai was to get a go and uh, run in the cups. I'd be completely fine with that and just keep Carius for the league so that they're both getting game time. Minulai's fresh if ever needed, but right now I'm sort of 50-50 on both of them. I think with the goalkeeper situation at the moment, it's just it's such a difficult one because you've got a brand new goalkeeper coming in and Klopp obviously wants to give him time and minutes and, and game time to get his confidence up and to get his you know sharpness up. But there is he, he does look nervous, you're right, and we used to say that Mignolet sent jitters through the defence. I think he's doing something similar at the moment for today's goal. He didn't come out. I thought he I thought he probably could have come out and tried to claim that ball or I don't know. I mean, I'm not goalkeeping expert, but um from the looks of it, the ball the ball came to the six yard edge of the six yard box and I thought, well, why didn't he attempt to come out? And then he was on his line and when you're on your line with the ball that close, it, it was bound to go in. I don't think there was any dispute there it was it just always looked like it was going to then go in but um he can't be dropped that's the thing because if if Klopp drops him he kind of throws himself into question as well he can't he's kind of in a situation where he needs to give him time and I agree we should give him time it's just that it hasn't we haven't lost the game through it yet which is the good thing um whereas Mignolet was costing us points last season and quite a lot of points at the moment, he's looked nervous, Carrius, but we've managed to to be either getting draws or winning the games that he's played in. So it's not it's not that bad at the moment. But I think he is 
like I said, is a difficult one. He needs he needs more time, and I think just dropping now would just kill his confidence. I don't know how much of a confidence player he is. He looked really confident and and kind of even a little bit cocky when he was talking in his um, interviews when he joined Liverpool, and he thought, okay, well, this guy looks like he's going to be really good. And you know, he looked. He said, "I like taking risks," and you thought, okay, that that's good as well. But it seems like he's gone a little bit of a step back, and I don't know why that is because he, like I said, he came across really confident, and he. he he, you think he's the kind of guy who's going to command his box, shout at his players, or he's going to come out and punch that ball away. He's going to. He, he, we've seen him take a little bit, a few risks outside of the box as well. And fair enough, when you take risks, that is there. The, there is always that danger that you're going to make a mistake, which is fine. But he doesn't even seem to be wanting to take that risk at the moment. He's just kind of sitting back a bit. That's maybe um, not too great for the defence at the moment either. And you know we haven't kept clean sheets. Well, we kept one the other day, but, um, you know, he didn't have a hell of a whole lot to do. And he hasn't had, actually, even today, he didn't have many saves to make. It was just that one um, that kind of just was pushed into the back of the net. But he hasn't really, really been tested either. Um, but he's he does look nervous there. I, I think he's a lot better than Mignolet. I watched him a bit last year before he, he came over. He was one of the two keepers I, I wanted us to go for in the summer, either him or, or Timo Horn. His distribution is is far far superior than Mignolet, and for a team that plays out from the back, that's key. That that's one thing that he'll have over Mignolet. You, the key point from what you just said, Amar, is that he hasn't cost us points. Look how many points Mignolet cost us last year, just through absolute pure stupidity, in a league that he knew. Carius has come in, in a league he doesn't know, a country he doesn't know, a new culture. So he's going to be nervous. Look at David De Gea when he first join United I'm I'm not going to say that he's going to be as as good as De Gea I, I don't think he, he will be but he, he is a hell of a an upgrade on on what we had last year and I think we're, we're going to see a far smaller amount of goals conceded which which is only going to help us because Mignolet just cost us way too many points last year just through 15 points I think yeah yeah uh, just through which would have seen us comfortably in the top four yeah. yeah and I just think for a team that plays out from the back he carries is, is a far better option to have than the Mignolet who we know is just a liability and he, and he is a liability I haven't watched him in Germany. I don't watch a lot of like foreign football, but obviously you got to watch him a bit last season playing mm. for Mainz. So he's what not great is it? at crosses. Well, that's <laughs> what I was just about to say. Like, what is it that he's going to improve in at the minute? He does seem nervous, but if you've seen him sort of mm. um, in his comfort zone, so to speak, at mm. the club where he was at for years, I mean, I'm wanting to know where he's going to go to because at the minute it just seems like really we're only conceding from set pieces because, like Amara said, he hasn't really been tested. And yeah. if set pieces are his flaw, then to me, what is he what is he going to offer us in years to come? I mean, as like I said, I'm not writing him off. It's just a question that I'm thinking in my head saying, well, if that is his weakness and that's our weakness in general, because we don't really seem to concede from sort of open play, then that seems a bit of a flaw to me. Crosses are, I, I say weakness, it is a point he got caught out a couple of times. Um, he is an exceptional shot stopper which we haven't seen yet. Like so said, was Mignolet. No, he wasn't. He was awful. So Mignolet's <laughs> a good shot stopper. No, no, he's, he's not, not. a beautiful shot stopper. He's Do not you, a good shot stopper. That was his strength. Look at, if you look at his strengths, that was one of them. I, I disagree completely. I, I really don't think it was a strength of his when you see some of the absolute stupid and just weak goals we let in over the last however many seasons. I, I, I don't... No, shot stopping for me is not not a Mignolet strength. Nathan, I, do, you, do you think coming for crosses is something that a keeper can can get better at with experience as they get older? It should be, but that leads into the point that I think it's something that, that, that can be taught. Um, but again, I think that links back into what we were saying at the start, where our fullbacks aren't actually shutting them down. We also still have John Achterberg as a goalkeeper coach, and there's not been one keeper in his time at Liverpool that has improved which scares me they have all significantly regressed hoping that with manager coming in summer and obviously that was a short-term deal to help him get experience at the club and and from what i've heard he will become goalkeeper coach next year so i'm hoping that that is a sign of things to come that that's my biggest worry um and carly's right where like where can he get to is is a valid question um and from people that might not have seen him before 
I, I can see why they're a bit apprehensive. I would just say, ha- have some patience, let him find his feet fully. Uh, and we have a very, very good keeper on our hands. Is it just a case of him just developing an understanding with his centre-backs as well? Yeah, I think it's and just... And then learning, knowing learning when, to, the yeah, when learn- to come and when not to come. Yeah, and you think this this year, how many different centre-back partnerships has he already seen? So it's going to take time to learn that. It's going to take time. Remember, we've got a midfielder playing at left back. We, we've got a guy who's turned his career around in his last year at Liverpool in Lovren playing there. We've got another guy brand brand new to the league <laughs> in Matip or Clavan playing there in, in defence as well. So there's so many new variables in, in Carrius's game at the minute that he's got to learn and learn to adapt to. Well, that's... That's now um, after that result uh, this evening. It's uh, 11 games with uh, I've been uh, beaten, uh, seven wins and five draws. That's the longest run uh, we've had since April 2014, where we actually did 14 games. Um, so, so things are definitely on the up. Uh, things are improving. I think we can agree that we're finally um, getting club's philosophy a bit better. I mean, with the games coming up, I mean, some people were saying today that you have got easy games ahead of us. Um, looking at them, apart from the cup game, we've got uh, Crystal Palace away. They're always a bit of a bogey team. Uh, then we're at home to Watford, away to Southampton, home to, to Sunderland. I mean, next few games are definitely an opportunity for us to pick up some points uh, and I think try and prove that you know, we can compete against these smaller teams because we're always seem to be up for the big games. Carly, do you think we're we're finally starting to get over that a little bit? You know that you know these what used to be banana skins for us. Yeah, I think to a certain extent we are. Um, I think that's one of the things sort of that has came with Klopp, and the other thing is seeing out games. Whereas before, sort of games like today, there would be a chance that we might have conceded another goal and ended up drawing the game. I was talking to you guys before the pod, and I kind of said, you know. At the weekend, all the results went our way. And then on Monday night, it was our chance to claim three points and we failed. And yet again, today, sort of all the three o'clock kickoffs, the results all went our way again. So tonight was another chance for us to take three points and go top of the league. Um, okay, we're joint top. We haven't went fully to the top yet because of goal difference. But there was times when maybe we would have messed this up again. So there's a lot of talk about Liverpool right now and everybody's hyping us up. And to a certain extent, that makes me nervous. The, the games that we have coming up are the games that we need to win if we're going to win the league. Yes, we have beaten big teams. We've drawn against Spurs, but this is sort of the nitty-gritty, if you want to call it. Um, these are the teams that we need to be beaten because the other teams who are going to finish in and around us will be beaten, the likes of your Palaces, your Southampton. So there is no easy games in the Premier League, but we have to win these. Funnily, we've just spent the last like 10-15 minutes talking about set-pieces and Palaces, our next game, and Benteke. So this could be very interesting, um, could back, come back to bite us in the ass, but we have to be positive. I think really everybody now is a lot more positive getting into these games. Um, we've seen how we can blow away teams and at the end of the day. Tonight we created 21 chances. Okay, fair enough, we only scored two of them, but if you're not creating chances, you're not you're not going to score and you're not going to win. So the whole play, the whole feeling around the club, everything is a lot more positive. So that can only be a good thing. Um, and to see that it's translating onto the pitch is even better. So... I think that we can gain a lot of points here um, and whenever we can, we need to. We need to be taking the points when we can to get as far up the league as possible. We probably will um, have a few weeks where where we slide because that's just the Liverpool thing to do. So at the minute, we need to take as many points as we can and right now they're there for the taking. Amara, what did you think about uh, Glenn Hoddle's um, comments about us? Uh, yeah, we've, we're, we're, we're beating these guys, sure, but... Uh... You know, can we do it against you, know, the big clubs like Arsenal and Chelsea and such? Well, Glenn Huddle's just proved to me that he's on drugs because <laughs> I think everyone <laughs> tweeted after that it's the exact same thing. What the hell is he talking about? Because it's actually against the cities and the Ch- uh, Chelsea's that we perform well and we've beaten them quite, you know, handsomely, let's say. But you, you know, he obviously hasn't got a clue what he's on about there. And it is against these smaller teams that we've traditionally struggled and where we've fallen down and it's really important I thought today was really really important for us to win after the United result which was a bit of a downer and I know that it was a point against a big team and it was a difficult match but I thought it was really important for us to win especially with the next run of fixtures that you've just mentioned um, because we you know the, these are our traditional kind of banana skins as we like to call them and um, 
it's it's imperative. I think that we go into the next three or four games and we have, we win them. I just think anything less than a win, I wouldn't be happy with the the way that we're playing right now as well. I think we can do that. I'm a bit concerned still um, because I don't know. I think we need to do it over a longer period for me to, to for the for the sort of nervousness to go away. But we have shown that we can do it now and. You know, we were talking about us not having won against Tony Pulis' team in the last what, eight games, and we finally put that one to bed now as well. So I'm just hoping we're just going to push on from here. And, um, you know, Klopp spoke about, you know, these teams that defend and the, the teams that traditionally we, we don't, we haven't done well against. It's just to be patient and it's okay to keep passing, he said, and not get bored of passing the ball. That's the, the words that he used in his, in his post-match interview, that we have to then just keep on plugging at it and it will come eventually because, you know, this is a whole 90 minutes. There is going to be a lapse in concentration. You know, you're not going to play your teams like United every week. I mean, okay, they they set out defensively and they set out with what seven eight men in uh, in in defence last week. But you know the calibre of player that we were playing there was much better. We won't be we won't be seeing that every week. So and and the attack that we've got this this season as well just kind of fills us with hope that we will be able to break these teams down. And if you just get the one goal, they're going to have to open up. So once they open up, then it's just a, a license for you to then push on forward. And, and that's what Liverpool like. And that's how Liverpool then go on and score two, three or four. So it's, it's, it's um, an excellent win for us today, I think, really, because I think we'll just push on from there. But yeah, Glenn, Glenn Hoddle's clearly not right in the head. Yeah, clearly, clearly mental. I think he's clearly forgot about the season up until this point. Um, I mean, looking at the the fixtures coming up, I mean, un, until New Year's Eve, which is actually uh, when we play at Man City at home. I mean, we've got you know the teams that were normally mid table are a bit lower, apart from maybe the likes of Southampton, or West Ham, or what. Uh, Nathan, um, how important do you see this run and lead up to Christmas? I mean, we've got to really get stronger in this area. I mean. The big games we have no problem with getting psyched up and getting into as well. You know, do, do you agree that this is this is it if we're really to push for the title? This is going to sound weird. I, I fear the Palace game more than what I do the City game. I have no concerns that we won't be up for the for the City game. And, and, and I, I actually yeah, couldn't agree more. The, the, the Palace game terrifies me. If someone offered me a point now and to not have to watch it, I'd be like, okay, thank you very much, and I'd, I'd run away very very quickly. It's key. Um, if we can come out of these next few games and and not lose, then we do have to start actually thinking that, that this could be a, a very, very good season for us. I don't want to think like that at the minute. I just want to enjoy how we're playing and, and not get drawn up in stuff like that um which far too early for all of that it's far too early but it's it's games like palace if we can pick up points against them which are teams we struggled against last year that then you do legitimately have to to say that that we're in with a bloody good shot of of going and having a a, a very very strong season because it is the teams like that 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 really since the rafa era that we we've just dropped stupid points against um ultimately it was what cost us the league in 13 14 so it would be great to just turn up there next week and, and absolutely blow them out of the water. But I, I don't fear City. Uh, <laughs> I should do. But yeah, it, it's key. Um, I think these games and, and Southampton as well, after what happened there last year, scares me a little bit. I, I think another thing we've got to think is, well, obviously Palace a bit of a, a bogey team in the last few years, but mm. um, set pieces, Benteke, yeah. this could be interesting. Quick wingers. There's yeah. There's a lot of things to worry about with Palace. Most certainly, yeah. I think I, I totally agree. It's a, it's about time we kind of put to bed, you know, that that kind of weakness of ours. I mean, we've got a great run at the moment. If we can see the other teams kind of slip up a little bit, we'll we'll be laughing. Yeah, but with with players coming back, you know, like Chan and that, it's it's only going to bode well. Carly, what, what what do you think about um, you know the the run of fixtures and build up to Christmas? So. Do, do you think that we've we've finally nipped it in the bud? Um, you know, our problem against smaller teams, or or a work in progress? I think it's probably still a work in progress. Um, we are a little more positive now against these kind of teams. We are sort of starting to see the games out. We're starting to collect points where before we sort of struggled. Um, obviously, the Burnley game seems to have just been a massive blip in the season. Even though during that game, I can't 
really say that we didn't play well. Um, I think it was just one of those days where luck wasn't on our side. Um, it will be vital getting into Christmas. And obviously um, Klopp was questioned today about uh, our position in the league. And he said he didn't care about our position in the league in October. And to be honest, neither do I. Yes, it's a nice feeling to be up there, but it doesn't mean anything. But it would it'd be nice to see where we are sort of after Christmas to sort of get the, the huge run of games around the Christmas period out of the way, see how many points we can collect and really take stock of where, where we are then. Um, I mean, I know just before Christmas, we have the Merseyside Derby. So um, I know sort of that's another game against the mid-table side, but um, there's obviously a lot of rivalry there and it'll be a bit more heated than the other games. So that could potentially be tricky but um yeah um it'll be interesting to see where we are after christmas and, and how we push on from there and rather interesting thing i, I was just thinking uh, at the end of the game uh today did you see that uh sue johnson was on uh formerly F- the royal family sitcom or whatever uh, you know for a charity bit and she was speaking to steve McManaman and uh, michael owen and and just asking them uh would they have liked to have played under clock and i'm sure most attacking players would I was thinking, funny enough, we'll go to Nathan with this one. I don't think Michael Owen probably would have got in Klopp's team. I was just about to interrupt you and say that. <laughs> yeah, I, he he wouldn't have, which is, is weird when you actually think how good Owen was pre-injury and actually what Owen done for us. But yeah, no, he wouldn't have got in the team. But McManaman, I suppose he, he would have probably got in there. Any other uh, topics that any of uh, you guys would like to bring up just at the moment, like whether it's about tonight's game or, or maybe going into the cup game during the week I was going to talk about ask about um, what the guys thought about Sturridge being left oh, out and, and all that but <laughs> but that might take a while so yeah this will probably take about 20 minutes yeah so we've only got about five <laughs> no he didn't look happy did he and I think a lot of people were making today about him again he's not playing I know that it's important and, and it's a big deal for him not to be playing and there's all these questions around is he uh, are we a better team without him and I think we've clearly seen that Klopp doesn't really fancy him in his team at the moment and for whatever reasons no matter how much he bigs him up in the media he clearly doesn't fit Klopp's um, profile so but I, I do feel sorry for the guy. I mean, he's played a couple of games in the league, full games. He played United, he played Burnley. Please, I can't remember the other ones, if anyone can remember. And they were really those difficult kind of teams to break down. And I think that he was quite unfairly criticised for the United game because he wasn't getting a lot of good service that day because Man, Man United were just intercepting every ball in the midfield that we, we tried to push to him. So I thought that was a bit unfair myself. If he looks miserable sitting on the bench good because he should be feel miserable if he's not playing I think the focus needs to maybe come off him a bit he, he's not played a minute today and people are talking about him okay like I said I think you know it's it, it's a it's a talking point but instead of talking about the team and what they've done well we're sort of focusing on him and him sitting there with a miserable face and I just think sometimes he gets a really bad rap even when he's playing and even when he's not playing I just think he's he's not flavor of the month with anyone at the moment yeah I don't think it's a good thing it's it's just a constant question sort of each week is Sturridge going to be starting if he is if he is or he isn't if he isn't the focus is on what his attitude's going to be like mm. pictures of him sitting in the dugout with his face tripping him I mean Klopp clearly doesn't favour him and we clearly do play better without him but he is a better a good option to have and also next season uh, hopefully we'll be in Europe we'll have more games to play we'll need a bigger squad so it could be that next season we'll need him but at the end of the day you know People are saying about selling him in January or in the summer, but it might be a case that Daniel doesn't want to stay because he's not playing. And at the age he is, you, you can't really blame him. I mean, he's gave us good service. He's given us a lot of goals. He's given us happy times. And if it's just come to a mutual parting of ways, you have to just let him go. If he does want to, he may want to stay and try and fight for his place. But I think if he does want to go, I think we have to just sort of let him go with our blessing and our best wishes. I think it's just come to that point now. I can't see him being here next season. And and that's not a thing on him. It, it's just Firmino is a better option in the system that we have. You can't make Sturridge the focal point that he wants, that Daniel Sturridge wants Daniel Sturridge to be, because we can't trust that he's actually going to be able to, to withstand that pressure and that demand for that many games. A whole host of things with him that, that we just, there's, there's too many unknowns and there's too many what ifs that might happen with him. He's, 
a great scorer and he's the best natural finisher we have. But we saw against United that with Firmino at that at the top of the the system, we are a much better team. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a real shame, uh, you know, because he, as Carly said, you know, we have had some great times of him, brilliant goals. We all know what a talent he can be. He mm. just doesn't seem to to work. Just doesn't seem to fit at the moment. Um, he's obviously had a year now. Klopp's been there. Um, he hasn't really been able to change his game enough, you know, to kind of suit that and yeah it is a shame I think um, I would agree with you Nathan I would say next year he'll he'll want to go I mean every striker wants to be on the pitch scoring goals where he'll go I don't know but I know that most of the teams in England would would happily have him uh, for you know, on our side of the coin I would the say thing we could do. <laughs> yeah I would say our side of the coin we need to sell him abroad but uh, I don't know whether Anyone will come in for him. But time will tell, right? Let's just see what happens. We'll finish off uh, on a little high fact. Uh, in the last year, because um, Klopp has now been at the club a year, and I, I think we can all be pretty happy about that. Uh, we've scored more goals than everyone else, 75, and only conceded uh, 51. Still pretty damn high, actually. Um, but anyway, I mean, it's definitely a positive thing. We're, we're creating more chances than anyone else uh, in that year and also more tackles. So so I, I think we'll, we'll finish positively rather than negatively. Um, guys, we're just going to do a shout-out. Uh, Nathan, uh, where can people get in touch or what would you like to plug? Uh, you can get in touch of Voice of Nathan. I haven't tweeted much recently, but that's just because I've just got back from America. But I'll go back to my usual happy tones on Twitter within the next few days. That's good. Carly, what would you like to plug? Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to plug, but if anybody wants to follow me and listen to any more crap that I talk, talk or tweet, you can find me at Mrs. Agar 05 Nice. Um, Amaro, what would you like to plug, or how can people get in touch with yourself? Um, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Amara, U-M-A-R-A, if you really, really want to. <laughs> uh, d- d- last time you mentioned that you, you had uh, a poetry uh, <laughs> session. I yeah I had I wrote a little poem about Klopp's first year at Liverpool so if you want to read that that's on a Cop Left website I just thought it would be something different to the articles that had come out yeah most certainly uh, my name's Bryce Dunn you can get in touch with me at oh, well on Twitter at WFI underscore Bryce B R Y C E um, I'll also do a shout out for the the World Football Index if, if you want to check out their podcast they've got a variety of Premier League, Champions League, Saria, um, and La Liga ones. Uh, very interesting stuff. Very good. Um, Dave, that's on here a lot. He would be heavily involved with that. Um, apart from that, thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it. And yeah, on to the next game and uh, you know another three points hopefully in the league. Anyway, thanks very much for having us. Mm-hmm.